0: Hello, and welcome to the Connectology podcast. Here, Road Knight-Taylor's influential team of elite connection specialists and their expert guests help you to better understand distribution and transmission network connections and how to acquire them faster, for less cost, and at lower risk. I'm Hugh Taylor, CEO at Road Knight-Taylor. And for those of you who don't know us yet, we're the independent specialist grid consultancy And our connectologists help a roll call of the UK's leading developers and investors in commercial, industrial and energy developments to significantly outperform their peers as well as helping intensive energy users to get the connections they need to decarbonise their operations and public sector clients striving to enable economic and housing growth. Today we're talking about the upcoming changes to how connection charges are calculated at distribution level. These changes will present both significant risks and significant opportunities, both to existing connected projects that could be energy generation, storage, commercial, industrial and data center demand-led schemes, as well as accepted but not yet connected projects and those that haven't even yet been applied for. This is a huge topic for which we're shortly delivering a whole programme of webinars um, called Game or Be Gamed. There'll be many winners and many losers as a result of decisions made regarding significant code review. Millions will be won and lost on individual projects. And this very brief introduction, for which I'm joined by Pete Aston is aimed to help you get a sense of what development directors and investment directors need to be thinking about in order to come out on top. Pete is one of Road Knight Taylor's connectologists and joined us last year from Western Power Distribution, now National Grid Electricity Distribution, where he headed up the primary system design function responsible for the system planning, so that's extra high voltage um, network reinforcements and all connections to the um, extra high voltage network. So um, uh, Pete was responsible for um, something in the order of 500 connection offers um, going out to connections customers um, and so um, understanding the the makeup of a connection offer and how um, connection charges are calculated um, has been uh, absolutely central to his role for quite some quite some time. And also, um, importantly, in this regard, um, Pete was responsible for the relationship with National Grid across that distribution transmission boundary, um, which is essentially where the uh, the significant code review stops. Um, so he's a very uh, uh, sort of um, important person uh, for us to be <coughs> listening to um, on this specific topic. Um, what I would say is uh, we got some criticism for the last podcast that Pete was on, that there weren't enough jokes, it wasn't very funny. So, um, Pete, really good to have you on here today.
1: Nice to be with you. Uh, and I think it's just worth me clarifying, I didn't issue 500 offers myself every year. <laughs> I'm pleased to say I had a great team uh, issuing them for me. Otherwise, I think um, it would have been quite a challenge. Well,
0: that would have been something. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so, uh, let, let's start with um, the, uh, I guess the the, the most important thing, the very simple question is, what is the significant code review? What 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 does
1: it mean? So it's a process that has been uh, running uh, by Ofgem, run by Ofgem um, over the last two or three years. Uh, and really it was what Ofgem were trying to look at connection charging. Um, and they were trying to look at what they could do to, to improve or, or reform uh, connection charging. Um, and and what they ended up coming up with, sort so the main thrust of of the the outcome of the SCR, uh, was in relation to reinforcement of the network. So so when I say reinforcement, I mean you know upgrades to the network, so installing bigger cables uh, and transformers, etc., um, that have been triggered by customer connections. Um, so so the SCR was all about um, how reinforcement is charged. So the the changes that they've made. Um, Uh, are slightly different for generation and demand, but they're both positive in terms of uh, reducing uh, reinforcement requirements. So for generation schemes, uh, reinforcement charges are gonna be reduced. So instead of paying towards reinforcements at the voltage level you're connecting to and the one above, um, you're only gonna be paying uh, for reinforcement to the voltage level uh, that you'll be connected to at your point of connection voltage. For demand customers, reinforcement charges are being removed altogether, uh, completely removed, uh, so paying nothing towards uh, reinforcement, although I expect I'm going to circle back at some point in the conversation to to something uh, in relation to that um, reinforcement charging, uh, but uh, I think the last thing to say here is that um, it's going to kick in uh, April 2023, 1st of April 2023, the new rules kick in, so it's not here yet, but it's coming.
0: Yeah, and 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 coming very fast. I think we've been talking about this with the network operators for for years now, um, and it's suddenly about to come charging around the corner. And I think um, everyone's uh, a little bit <clears throat> concerned about the impact that it's going to have. And and there are going to be, you know, clearly some huge opportunities um, and some really big risks that. Um, that developers and investors are are going to be facing. you know doing nothing can be a risk in itself, I guess. so but if we start just with the with the opportunities, where do you see, and obviously this is a you know just a short podcast, and so there's only so much uh, detail that you can go into on such a huge topic. but where do you see the biggest opportunities lying for most developers and investors?
1: The, the biggest opportunities, obviously, fairly obvious in as much as from the 1st of April, 2023, uh, you you could expect to see a reduction in your connection charge because you're not going to be paying towards reinforcement. So, you know, that is the big opportunity that is coming. Um, And, you know, I'm hopeful that lots of uh, developers of demand and generation schemes are going to be able to benefit from that. Um, So I I think sort of uh, around that, there's going to be some really interesting opportunities around connection size. So what what's going to be interesting to look at is to see how can we optimize the connection size so that we can keep connected at a lower voltage level um, rather than having a, a higher voltage level connection, which is generally more expensive? How can we keep uh, uh, you know, optimize that size so we can connect to the lower voltage level, um, uh, but maximize the size of that connection? So how can we get the biggest possible connection we can go for Um, at the lowest voltage level. Um, And getting that right is going to be a sort of a balance as to try and almost second guess what we think the DNO will do and what sort of reinforcement um, schemes could be triggered as as a result. DNOs will still have an obligation to look at minimum cost scheme. Um, So so they're going to have to balance connecting you at a lower voltage and doing some reinforcement versus connecting you at a higher voltage um, and then trying to just work out what what that looks like as, as a minimum cost scheme. So um, so I think that's one thing around optimizing connection size uh, is a, is a good a real opportunity there. Um, and then about timing as well, Hugh. I think um, for a lot of some applications, it's going to be best to wait until next April uh, when uh, these changes kick in, and you might be able to get a, a cheaper connection. Uh, and waiting until then to avoid that reinforcement cost. However. Um, some applications are going to be best to proceed with now um, because there aren't necessarily the advantages of waiting uh, until April next year for certain connections. Um, so actually proceeding now um, is going to be of advantage because uh, one of the issues that's likely to transpire from next next April is a bow wave, a tidal wave, however you want to think about it, of applications coming on the 1st of April from lots and lots of uh, developers uh, wanting to make use of uh, the, the reduced charges uh, and also to get in first. Um, so that could really lengthen timescales for, uh, for for DNOs to be issuing offers and, and so on. Um, uh, I've not yet heard that DNOs are going to be allowed to go beyond their three-month uh, offer, issue deadlines um but but we'll wait and see whether whether they kick up a big fuss about it um and i think the third thing Hugh, in terms of opportunities is just around um customers who've got existing uh flexible connections so so by that i mean customers who've got um active network management connections now um or timed connections something along those lines um because from first of april those customers are going to be allowed to apply to have those um to, to, to convert those flexible connections to sort of standard uh, firm access connections. Uh, so that is going to be uh, really good for some uh, connections. For other connections, it won't make sense. Uh, but I think that's another opportunity. So uh, th- they're my three highlights. Great. And
0: actually, it, interesting, you, you talk about that, that bow wave. Um, and I mean, as you know, I sit in the connection steering group for all six of the UK DNOs. And, you know, we've been, uh, speaking on on each of those um, panels, we've been you know talking a lot about the concern over this bow wave. Uh, at the moment, the, uh, the the engineers within the network operators, um, you know, are really struggling struggling under the weight of applications that they're dealing with now, and they have to meet their guaranteed standards um, you know 65 working days in order to get those EHV offers out. Um, and the idea that when that bow wave does strike that they will be able to keep up um i i I think it just it feels like really unlikely and so i would be a little bit surprised um if they did um manage to just um you know keep going without um you know looking to off gem to to buy them um a little bit of a little bit bit of breathing space there but actually just just in terms of that bow wave you were talking about the bow wave of connection applications but then there's also going to be a bow wave of reinforcement works and and do you think uh, there's a concern as to whether or not um, all of these schemes that are going to be requiring these free, connection works um, are actually going to start piling up on one another and we'll start to see what we're seeing at transmission level now where you know we've got some connection timescales going out as far as 2035. Are we going to start to see those kind of issues at at distribution level?
1: Possibly and I think that is one of the risks um, of the significant code review is that there is going to be a significant cumulative impact here um, lots of customers applying for these connections that they're not necessarily um, going to pay for, for the reinforcement for. So, so why wouldn't you apply? Um, and uh, yes, I, I guess that that is then a, a massive issue on uh, just the amount of reinforcement that the DNOs will end up needing to do. And of course, they've only got limited, uh, you know, resource in terms of workforce and uh, funding and so on to actually pay for these reinforcements. So I think that's a real risk. Um, on this, uh, and I think that then you know leads into um, some of the other uh, questions as well as a- around uh, things like that. There is there is this idea of flexible access um, that the that is being offered into uh, the SCR that's going to kick in from from next um, April, which is that if you apply for a, a firm access connection. Um, so, so not active network management, not uh, timed connection. So, you know, firm access. So you've got access all the time, um, apart from if, if your connection switched off. Um, what DNOs are going to be able to need to offer is some sort of interim flexible access um, whereby they can connect you prior to that reinforcement work happening. Um, uh, but that flexible access is going to have uh, be capped in terms of its, the, the amount of curtailment you would experience. Uh, and it's going to be time limited as well. Um, and in terms of it it being uh, finishing after a certain period of time after that time period has elapsed, um, effectively, if, if the DNO hasn't finished the reinforcement, um, they'll have to start paying you for your curtailment um so so actually i think the risk for um d- developers with this is potentially limited um and might allow uh, earlier connection but i think we're just going to have to wait and see exactly how that uh, pans out but i think yes hugh it is that is a real risk around that cumulative impact
0: good stuff pete thanks let's uh, take a quick break and we'll pick that back up again if you're liking this podcast so far, you may want to pop over to the Connectology page on Rode Knight-Taylor's website and sign up to the Connectology newsletter for much more know-how, insight and thought leadership in electricity network connections. The link to this is in the description. Don't miss out on any of the articles, explainers, videos, webinars and podcasts that Road Knight-Taylor's Connectologists share to give you an edge and help you overcome your grid frustrations. Are there any other uh, of the sort of significant risks? I mean, I guess, um, you know, uh, as the way I look at it, that there are going to be lots of winners and, and losers. And I guess the the decisions that are made by developers and investors are going to determine, you know, which side of that of that divide that they fall on with any sort of individual project. But are, are there any other significant risks that, that you think that they should be Aware of um, that, either would um, befall them if they were being sort of passive, or if they were actually um, making a, 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 a firm decision, but it, it, it potentially being the wrong one for, for, for lack of understanding.
1: Yes, in a word, <laughs> um, I think uh, that there are two main risks um, that I've not yet mentioned that are probably the biggest two two risks in all of this. So I think I think. Uh, by far the biggest risk um, is that it's not quite a clean sweep on getting no reinforcement charges um, because um, the, w- within the significant code review, Ofgem have implemented what's called a high cost cap. So the high cost cap has, has been there for generation connections for a long time. Um, so basically for generation connections, as it stands at the moment, um, for and that this is for reinforcement at the same voltage level you're connected to or one above um, there's a cap of 200 pounds per kilowatt so anything above that cap you pay for the the reinforcement cost in full um, so so the cap is sort of a bad thing in a sense for for developers um, so ironically the smaller your connection the lower your cap the more risk there is that you, you're going to pay massive amounts of reinforcement um, if, if they're really big reinforcement schemes. So the sort of scenario is you connect at 33 KV, but you trigger a 132 KV reinforcement scheme, a massive rebuild scheme that might cost something like 15 million pounds, and you end up paying five or 10 million pounds or something like that towards the cost of that works um, uh, because of that high cost cap. Um, so the the, through the SCR, Offgem have implemented something similar for demand. Um, it's a much, much higher cap than for generation. So it's £1,720 per kilowatt or per kVA for demand customers. So you're much less likely to be impacted by it. But what it means is if you're a, uh, a smaller demand customer that happens to be like the straw that breaks the camel's back and triggers a massive scheme, it can end up, being then very costly by triggering this high cost cap. Um, so so I think the high cost cap is really a, a massive risk to be aware of, uh, which comes back to sort of sizing the scheme correctly in the first place um, and not just thinking that there's going to be no risk of, of reinforcement cost at all. So uh, I think the, the, the last risk, Hugh, is just around connection voltage. Um, I think given the the high volume of applications that we've talked around that are likely to be made from 1st of April 23, um, uh, and the, the impact that that's gonna have on the DNOs in terms of resourcing and, and so on, you know, the, the DNO connections teams and planning teams are gonna be really stretched, um, uh, much more than they even are now. So I think there's a, a, a risk of rushed decisions that the DNOs are gonna be uh, making potential, uh, prior to issuing offers. Um, and so there is a risk that customers will be issued with uh, offers connecting them to higher voltages um, to avoid uh, reinforcement schemes being designed. Because designing a reinforcement scheme, even for um, if, if for issuing an offer, it's quite time intensive. Um, so so there could be a risk for some corner cutting and just going. I'm just going to issue a a higher voltage connection, uh, and that's potentially going to be. Uh, you know significant for developers um could result in higher connection costs than it would otherwise be required so i think where we want to be focusing um as a business is helping clients to understand what they're being offered by the dno trying to work collaboratively with the dnos to try and come up with uh, solutions that are appropriate and more sensible uh, and just coming up with the best overall solution. That, that's that's why we want to be focusing with this.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess for for, for developers, uh, they're simply not going to know whether or not they're not actually being offered the minimum scheme. And if they do have, you know, what could end up being millions of pounds worth of ad- additional works. Um, uh, I guess a, a lot of what we'd see at the moment is when developers get connection offers, um, if it doesn't fall within the sort of pounds per megawatt tolerance that they've got. They shrug their shoulders and and move on, whereas they actually might not have um, well, they, they almost certainly won't have unpacked the non-contestables in that just to see whether there are any missed opportunities or mistakes made. Um, you can often um, bring what looks like an unviable connection offer to make it viable, which can just be completely game-changing um, for developers. And I guess this is going to be a very um, similar scenario where people are um, unwittingly going to be walking away from what, what might have been um, a, a, a a system planner, so that's a, an extra high voltage engineer under an awful lot of time pressure, an awful lot of pressure generally, um, and you know perhaps dropping a ball. And I think it's kind of worth pointing out that whilst we're um, calling the the, the series um, the webinar series, and if you just want to go to the road Knight Taylor um, website um and uh, just join the connectology uh newsletter there then you'll see when these webinars are coming and they're going to be individual webinars for for investors um and those for developers you know for for different types for um big demand sites like sort of data centers and and commercial industrial as well as for for energy projects like um you know solar storage and wind and the like um but um I guess we've called it game or be gamed, but I I think it's worth sort of uh, being quite careful setting out our stall here that that, um, that's not that we envisage uh, network operators to network operators to be gaming um, but um, it's actually all of the market participants are going to be wanting to achieve more than their peers um, because uh, it has been for a long time that everybody is competing for for grid capacity at, at a viable cost so um that that all makes um perfect sense Pete um, and just actually just going back to something you talked about the high cost cap um, for for generation is £200 per kilowatt. Um, I mean, there are loads of things about the uh, significant code review that we looked at um, and we had concerns about. Um, I think there are going to be an awful lot of unintended consequences um, and sort of gaming being a part of that. Um, And one small thing that I, uh, very proud of myself, picked up on myself is that um, that £200 per kilowatt isn't index linked, and it's been around for—I mean, you'd probably know Pete, but a, but an incredibly long time. Yeah. Um, and if we got inflation running at 10% now, that that £200 per kilowatt high cost cap, it doesn't actually give you um, an awful lot. So, um, uh, many many challenges to come. I think it's going to be it's going to be a fascinating time that we have got ahead of us. I think we're all going to be incredibly busy. Uh, Road and I are going to be incredibly busy um, advising um, developers. And investors, and um I know that you're going to be um, sort of run ragged um providing that advice so um pete I, I don't know whether i've I actually stopped you before you had something um something more important to say um, maybe
1: want, want just one last thing Hugh is that I just think um for a for an industry that's already complex the the SCR whilst it brings opportunity it brings a massive amount of complexity um, and I think Uh, you know, we're just keen to try and help clients through that complexity, because it really is going to be a lot more options to consider a lot more things to consider from the 1st of april than there are now
0: um yeah uh, absolutely and 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 thank you thank you very much for that and and pete um we between us have managed to fail to bring any jokes again this time so um perhaps next time but
1: um i'll bring my joke book
0: next yeah time, if you could that'd be good um so uh, that was great thank you so much um look forward to uh, l- look forward to talking to you again on the next one or maybe um you might be doing doing the hosting and i can be just sitting at home uh, listening to it once it's uh, once us in the can. So, um, Pete, thank you so much. No worries. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Connectology Podcast. If you found it helpful, please share it with any of your colleagues or connections you think may be interested. And please do subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your content. You can find out more about our services at roadnighttaylor.co.uk. Link in the description, where you can also sign up to our free Connectology newsletter for more news and thought leadership in network connections. If during this podcast you found yourself wondering what it would be like to have a Roadnight Taylor Connectologist in your life, please do email Laura at RoadnightTaylor.co.uk to find out how their game-changing skills and insight can change the game for you too.